Hey, Petty fans, welcome to episode 17 of the Richard Petty Motorsports Podcast, presented by Petty's Garage. Presented by Petty's Garage, rocking another one of their Columbia shirts today. Uh, and today, a uh, little different scenery right now, but we got to interview uh, my driver. When I was a kid, he was my driver, and it's probably one you're not expecting. That's right. We were able to get Ernie Irvin on the podcast, uh, thanks to our good pal Jerry Baxter, you remember from a few episodes back. And wow, was, what an amazing experience that was. Yeah, it, it really was to sit across the table from from a guy like Ernie and, and just kind of have him give us his story of his history. And, and it, man, just mm-hmm. colorful history, uh, sad, but also a very triumphant history. Um and just a, a legend on the track and some cool Richard Petty stories in there too. Right. Yeah. Being Petty fans and, and working with the Petties, you know, we'd know a lot about that history, but a guy like Ernie is somebody we really wanted to learn more about uh, from a different perspective. And he had some insight on his experience with the Richard, which are interesting. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. Um, it's really thankful for him. You know, Ernie lives in Florida. So we were able to catch a very tight window that he was going to be in Concord uh, and made the trip down there and, and had a great time with him. So let's not hold off any longer. Here's Ernie. Ernie Irvin, and I live in Ocala, Florida. And I don't know what I'm best known for except for um, being swerving. <laughs> That's a work right there. Yeah. And you're not alone. You've got a guest uh, on with you today too, right? Who's who's here with you? That's Stewie. I had What's to give up, up my man. I had to give up my man card when I got him. Mm. Because, you know, he's a poodle, <laughs> but he's a chick magnet. Right. Uh, yeah, all hell chicks, yeah. Yeah, all chicks love Stewie. I can tell why. Well, <laughs> welcome, Ernie. Welcome, Stewie. This would be the first time we've had a, a furry friend on yeah. the podcast with us as well. So we always encourage that. We have yeah. to try and get some more in the future. But thanks for taking time out of your day to, to join with us. We actually got you in person, which is awesome. Yeah. Really exciting. Uh, so you're originally from California, right? Yep. So starting out... It's, you're from, um, is it Salinas? Is that correct? I was actually born in Salinas. Well, I was born in Carmel, but um, you know, got raised in Salinas, which out the kind of kind of out of the country, but yeah, in between Salinas and Monterey. Okay. And what was your first introduction to racing? Well, my dad was a racer, so um, when I was like probably three years old or four years old, maybe something like that, we're running out around the racetrack, you know. Mm-hmm. And, Acting like, you know, we're a race car or something, you know. Just what the normal kids do when their dad's got a race car driver. So your dad was your dad was driving. Yeah, he was a he was a dirt driver. He ran a bunch of dirt and won some championships there at at Watsonville, which is just down not too far from there. Okay. And I um, mean he was real good. What kind of dirt cars was he running? Oh, yeah, there's there's some pictures of them there. They're kinda they're strange looking, you know, but I mean it was like older days and you know it was they were like a real narrow body and they were kind of wide and it was just something they all put together and i mean i think it was was actually a um one of them was a um i think it was yeah i can't remember the name of it it was a uh another one of carmagia but something like that okay yeah yeah that's pretty cool. So your dad was racing. You're around the racetrack from very young age. It's pretty much, you know, all you knew at the time. And when do you decide, you know, I want to take a shot at driving these things and uh, getting involved with racing myself? Well, I mean, we, you know, my dad got me a go-kart and 
started in go-karts and we were going to go to quarter midgets but then you had to go through a three-week school and stuff like that and it's like nah we're not doing that so we just we went right into go-karts and um you know just raced go-karts till i was 16 mm-hmm. and then started in stock cars and um you know jerry the jerry baxter when when you know we were going and he the shop he bought was where my first car was built at um but that jerry wasn't there at the time but um jack mccoy i don't know if you know him but he's a a west coast racer Mm -hmm. and um he actually that shop that he had was where the first car was built and then also gary nelson yeah yeah gary gary was you know part of the first car i had and also butch stevens he was a you know a parts guy he had you know, he had you went to the racetrack and had sold him race part, race parts. So a lot of big name guys out in the West Coast then, yeah. right around there. Yeah. So you mentioned Jerry. Uh, you know, Jerry was nice enough to help us get this all set up, and we had him on a couple weeks ago. And Thank you, Jerry, if you're listening. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, when did you and Jerry first meet, and and how close did you guys get? Well, we can't really tell all the things that me and Jerry have done together and, <laughs> and things like that because. Um, it's, it's not good for a family show, um, <laughs> but I mean, Jerry, Jerry was, was from San Diego and I was from, I was actually up in Modesto. So we, um, we just kind of met through the racetrack stuff and, you know, he was working with, um, some people that, that we were all also working at Ivan's for. Um, and so we just kind of all got together and then, you know, we, then Jerry moved up to worked for Ivan and you know Jerry was the fabricator and I was the one that couldn't hardly drill a straight hole um <laughs> Jerry I'll tell you that too so. he didn't phrase it that way no he know. just said he said you weren't a very good welder I mean I can out weld him all day. <laughs> I can't now because of my eyesight but mm-hmm. um I've got a welder right down the street right down there in my shop next to my shop where I used to have he can out weld Jerry he can out weld him with his eyes closed. <laughs> and Jerry was just a mediocre, mediocre welder. Okay. I mean, uh, he was he was all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he welded, and, and when you tell Jerry this, he welded about like Ivan did. Okay. He would close his eyes <laughs> and and try to get, not get a spark in it. This is going to be great when we go. Who else back you to want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get there. So oh, okay, yeah. so Jerry Baxter maybe not the welder extraordinaire. Yeah, he well, to be. Oh. <laughs> that's, he said I wasn't the welder extraordinaire, and I really wasn't. But I was mm-hmm. as good as Jerry was. Okay. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, you you hook up with Jerry there at, at Ivan Baldwin's working together. Yeah. Um, you know, did your pass continue along the same way, or did you guys kind of go in different directions and link up later on? Well, I mean, when I when I raced at, at Stockton, which is where I won my championship, um, you know, you know, Jerry was was actually in San Diego, and um, and later he ended up buying Ivan's place, and um, just you know, just then, but but we weren't really weren't together a whole lot after that. Okay, and, um, just you know, but me and him have been friends forever, and then when he moved on the uh, East Coast. Then he started working for me um, at my um, bush shop or truck shop or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, and Jerry, Jerry was at the time. Then he started to be a good fabricator. 
<laughs> he, he always tells me that that it's like you drill a hole twice and you're still too slow, too big. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we were able to harp on Jerry a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah got to yeah yeah. But, but you know, he, it's like uh, I can't tell you what the whole deal is, but yeah, because this is a family show, so yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So you said you won a championship at Stockton. Is that yeah. right? Where is that track at? Um, it's actually um, north of um, Modesto. Okay. Well, and so it's west of no, it's east of San Francisco. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of in, in the valley, you know. So a short track. It was a short track. It was only like a, maybe a, maybe a quarter mile. Okay. And and it and Jerry can tell you that I was kind of rough on the edges and. Mm -hmm. Um, there was there was a lot of people we had, almost had to fight our way out a few times, um, but I won 15 out of 23 races. That's a pretty good record. And and, and sometimes sometimes because you have qualifying the pole, you have to start in the back. Uh -huh. So there was times that I could make it to the front in three or four laps. Wow, there was there was there was, might be a few people that was mad when I got done with it, mm -hmm. but you know. Had to do what you had to do to get up there, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Jerry, I'll, Jerry, Jerry, I'll tell you that I was a little rough around the edges, you know. And um, but I mean, if you ever saw pictures of me when I was seventeen, eighteen, when I was doing that, yeah. I mean, I needed a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your hairdo back in the day was nice. How do you know that? Ah, uh, just you know, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Did our research, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So. And so then, um, was that in late models at that time, or like the equivalent of late models? That, that's what they call them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a uh, '72 Nova. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You know, we probably have a picture of it somewhere. That's a great but, looking cars. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they were, but mine was a little rough, you know, because I didn't do no, I didn't do body work on. Because Jerry was welding on it, right? No, because Jerry Jerry wasn't involved in it. <laughs> so I mean. You know, right now, if Jerry was involved in it, it would be really, really nice. Mm -hmm. But now he's forgot how to do all that stuff. Now he's crew chief, so he don't do nothing. <laughs> he goes and says, hey, engineer, do this. <laughs> sure, there's uh, some truth to it. And, yeah, uh, there is. What point, did you, what point did you say, okay, I've got to get over to North Carolina and try and go that, you know, get where everything is centralized? Okay, I'll have to tell you a little bit of the history about it. Well, my my mom and my dad, when I was when I won my championship, um, they they figured they were they were breaking up. Mm. Okay, so dad came to the East Coast and left us with all the stuff, but dad had all the money. Okay. So what year was this that you won your championship? That was seventy seven. Okay. And so Ended up, I stayed with mom, and I tried to, you know, make sure we, you know, had things to do and you know, money to, to work with, and so it, it was kind of struggling at the time. And it had to be um, tough, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then I then I started driving for Jack McCoy, and he he kind of he didn't go broke, but he said I'm not spending no more money on race cars. Right. So, um, I mean, and Jack was a great race car driver, um, wasn't a great car owner, so. So then, then we find out where my dad's at. He was working for Lake Speed, so so we um, fi finally find out where he's at on the on his Cup program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lake Speed's Cup program, pro, whatever you want to call it, Cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ended up um, 
me and dad talked and dad said man if you ever want to do anything in racing you got to get to the east coast hmm. i just packed up all my stuff which is not very much i had a little a little small dodge pickup truck i mean the small dodge pickup truck mm-hmm. um but loaded everything in the back and then built a trailer it was really really tacky um drove across and, country with it yeah and i had a i had a um a race car frame and cage all with it so i brought it from the east coast wow no from the west coast God. and um so uh then then my my uncle rode with me so i wouldn't die on the way back <laughs> and so yeah, right. so now the thing is is we stopped at vegas you know, because it's like you got to stop at Vegas. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was twenty-one. Yeah. I was twenty-one years old. So, so I had to do you want to do a to try and add a little bit of funds to your pocket? That's what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you know we were eating um, uh, the cheese that you get from you know uh, welfare. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's welfare cubes. You know, mm-hmm. so we were eating that and crackers on the way back because on the way there. And so we stopped at Vegas. I had about $300 to my name. And so I'm like, okay, it's probably not very smart. But when I left there, I had $600 to my name. So I did good. Yeah. And we got the heck out of there. What were you playing? What did you win? Blackjack. Nice. Yeah, my man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So you were really, I mean, we've touched on this on a few episodes. There seems to be a common theme with racers in general. Jerry was kind of like this. Uh, some other guys have similar stories where when they decide okay i need to get to north carolina or i need to go for racing like it's a drop everything time to go now let's make it work and it sounds very similar to what you're saying you know your your dad called and said if you want to do this you need to get out here and you're just like okay not only not only did you pack your stuff up and go you built a trailer to to, well i had some stuff yeah i you know i mean i i bought a trailer that was just an, an old pickup truck you know the frame so we end up taking that and you know put the truck arms on it and got it where you you can make it as a tow tow vehicle. Okay. Um, it it was it was kind of not not real nice, but um, you know I mean because I welded it because Jerry says I go out of weld, um, so I know how to arc weld maybe, but um, so you know what Jerry can talk all he wants. <laughs> I got I got paid a lot of money to go welding. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'll and I'll tell you that story in a second. Okay, but yeah, so we um we packed up everything we had, and you know I mean I we thought it was all right, and Dad had he was in partners with a guy on a race car, you know, and it was it's like it was like a mile down the road, that's where my mom lives. Well, the car they were storing they were right there, in a, in a three car garage, and so we, that's where they did all the fabrication and and worked on it and all that stuff. So, you know, dad dad was like, okay, well, I, w- I want you to run this thing, okay? You know, and I had never run, I ran just a little bit of dirt, but not much. And they, this Concord Speedway was dirt. Okay. Well, his partner in the car said, there's no way that he can drive this car. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, cause oh. he said, this guy can't drive. You know, he's from California. They didn't so, have any faith in you then. Yeah, so it's like, so so you know, we, me and Dad started doing it, and we you know won some races, and you know proved that I could drive some. Did you like driving on dirt? Was it fun? It's dirty. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, it was fun, but you know you just get. I mean, you spend all your time cleaning the car. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. As soon as we start pavement racing, you still spend all your time cleaning the car. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, we had a we had a good time doing the dirt race, and then, and then then, me and Mark Reno got hooked up, which is the guy that you know Jerry knew from the West Coast, and um, he actually moved. Mark Reno moved back here to work for Mark Martin. Gotcha. I've and heard his name a lot. So who was Mark Reno? Was just a you know a guy he, in the sport that he was actually my crew chief when I won my last race. Okay. Oh, you know wow. he worked for for Robert Yates some. Okay. He used to work for James Finch. He worked for James Finch for six, seven years, eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know Mark was been around a lot. He worked for Petties. Oh, he did. Yeah, he worked for Petties. I think he, I think he was there when Richard got his two hundredth win. Oh wow! I think. So like mid eighties, eighty four time yeah, frame. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I knew we were gonna find some petty connections as we started oh, down yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've spun a petty out. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I don't know if I have or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we, you know, we, you know, um, Mark, Mark had just been a part of my career a lot, and then. Then we started racing together. You know, he owned the car and I helped work on it. And, you know, we, we were racing and um, that was when Concord was dirt and we won a bunch of races on the dirt and then they paved it. Okay. So we're like, well, this is easy. You know, and, <laughs> and these guys didn't know much about pavement racing. So we, we dominated the first year because nobody even knew nothing. And then finally one, one guy showed up which is jack sprague yeah and and he was competition and mm-hmm. you know he was driving for robert hamke you know robert's a chassis builder and stuff and so we had a lot of um uh, a lot of disagreements a lot you know robert didn't like his car getting tore up when i was on the other end of it right um so <laughs> understandable i guess and, and jack didn't like it either mm-hmm. you know so i mean it was it was all right i mean we as long as I wasn't on the short end of it, um, you know, and yeah, you know, we could build our own cars, and Robert could build his own cars. So um, mm. that wasn't a good sign because that means we didn't mind a crash, mm. you know. But yeah, you know, we, you know, Mark was Mark is a heck of a fabricator too, and um, he's you know he's the one that owned my first um, car, stock car, uh, actually Cup car that was sponsored by Deller and our Chevrolet. Right. He's the one that owned it. And, um, you know, he built it and, you know, all that stuff. And that car, and if I remember right, that car came from the West Coast and it had been burnt, you know, and the body was all burnt off of it and stuff. Oh, wow. So they stripped it all and they sandblasted it. And that was a car that we we built and um, ran our first race with. So if it was, huh. was it a Winston West car before that or was it just... I. I think it may have been a Winston West car. I mean, you know, um, I mean, if you ever get Mark on it, I mean, he, I mean, he knows. I mean, right. I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, but I don't remember a lot about it. But you know, um, obviously, Mark knows every part of it, and um, I was just, I was just with and Mark's just half hour ago. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, he okay. just down the road. You know, so um, we 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 had a good time at, at Concord Speedway, and then we started going to some other tracks and. We could win there, and um, then we we thought we were trying to ra- race the the big boys, mm-hmm. so we went to the World One Hundred um, at Eldora, and we had a guy that had built us an, an aluminum all aluminum motor, 
So we thought we were like, we could go up there and, and run with them. Yeah. Well, there was about 220 cars. Wow. So they, Grassy Smith, which used to be Freddie Smith's dad, which Freddie Smith's a great racer from right here at Kings Mountain. Um, so Grassy, Grassy told me, he said, okay, when you, when you come here to run, so I'm just telling you that when they when they start practice, you're gonna get one lap the green, one lap the white, one lap the checkered. That's all the practice you're getting. At Eldora? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, oh man, we're gonna be in trouble. And so this is a track that you haven't been to before. Oh no, we and, haven't been. And, there. and you're back on dirt, right? Yeah. For that. So yeah. you get basically what, three laps, two laps to yeah. to practice? Yeah, well it's, yeah, kind of two laps. I mean it's like when you come out of the pits in turn one, you're getting a green going into right. Okay, yeah, into, yeah, in yeah. the middle of the front straightaway. So I mean, it was. I mean, it's like wow, wow. You know, so we end up running a heat race and we transferred to the um, feature. You know, I end up having to do one of them um, shotgun moves, trying to, you know, I mean, I I went from the top all the way to the bottom and and cut the track and and got and and gained three positions. That's what got us in the race. Okay. You know, so then we were like, man, what are we doing in this race? You know, so we said, well, you know, we're in it. We might as well do all right. So I think, I think we ended up finishing like 12th. Okay. You know, wasn't great. But, but when there's 220 cars to start with and you end up 12th. Well, you, if, you, we, if, if we made the race was the first goal. And um, yeah. I mean, we did. And it was a lot of fun. And we figured out that. We need to go to racetracks that you know we know a little bit more about. Right. Yeah. And um, so Mark, Mark, I mean, I raced with him for you know quite a while, and then then he built the Cup car, and we did that, Dale and our Chevrolet car, and then and then what really got me the break was the Dale and our Chevrolet car, and then DK Allridge mm-hmm. wanted me to run a, two or three races for him, so I ran two or three races for him, and then ran Charlotte. And um, we had to do we had to paint the car different because Dale wanted his signature on the side and he wanted it silver and black. You Understandably, know? yeah. And, and we said we said okay, well. Now the the whole story of this thing is is the sponsorship. Dale said said okay. I'm not going to give you any money. I'm going to give you credibility. Okay. When you show up at the racetrack, you're going to have credibility. So don't mess it up. Wow. So, oh, man. So it's like, wow. I mean, Dale Earnhardt's telling us that, you know, and, and um, me and Mark are, you know, just kicking around. It's like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but yeah, we're going to do it. Okay. So, yeah. So then, then uh, that the next race that I ran at um, Charlotte, he wanted the car painted silver and black. The other, the car before was black and white. And it was like we short track stuff was. And so now he wanted signature and all that stuff. And so we said, okay, so how much are you going to pay us for that? Nothing. Still no money. Still no money. <laughs> wow. So so it was, a, it was a pretty good story because, you know, he said before the race, he said, you know, and I'm starting, I don't know, 30th, 32nd or something. But we made the race. And so Dale comes up. He says, okay. You got to first finish before you can win. Okay, so mm-hmm. when you get on this racetrack, you do all you can 
don't crash. If I drive by and you're in the infield crashed, I may stop and you know what? You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. It's coming from Dale Earnhardt, you know? Well, and so sure enough, about 50 laps into the race, I think I'm running about 20th or something, 50 laps into the race, they said, caution. I said, oh, okay. And so I go by, Dale's in the infield crashed. Oh, also the, the script is flipped. I, I, was, I was thinking about stopping, you know, like he was gonna do in me, but uh, <laughs> I figured it was Dale Earnhardt, he could do whatever he wanted. Um, so, I mean, it all went good and we ended up eighth. So, yeah. So you, you made, you know, a little bit of a name for yourself right there in your second start, getting yeah. the top 10. Well, no, it was second, not second, but it was about the third or fourth okay. because, you know, I'd run DK's car a couple of times. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And there's another connection. Remember, we did throwback. Uh, we did a throwback year. to the one race that Richard drove DK's car when uh, he had some issues and needed to find needed to find a ride last minute. Yeah. So, yeah, Richard hit the wall, had a concussion. They didn't call it a concussion, but uh, he doesn't remember driving the car. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't really want to remember it if it's DK's car. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, DK was a great guy, but mm-hmm. he just have no financing. You know. Yeah. Um, but he can make a lot of things happen had no idea you know i mean it's like just it's expensive but yeah mm-hmm. he was able to i mean you know again he just won we, the race we end up kroger as a sponsor ran a full rookie of the year season and run second which i was glad of that because most of the time the rookie of the year ends up out they don't they don't run anymore mm. so huh. i was second and so I, I continued on my career. Is that like a rookie of the year curse type of thing? That's what I understand. Okay. Yeah. Like the Madden curse. You don't want to be on the cover yeah. of Madden. That's yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. So did did Dale Earnhardt think? Like, did he see something in you that made him want to put his name on your car and try and help get you some some clout in those first few races? Well, here's the deal. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I think I knew Dale had known a little bit about me as far as racing. I was on now racing all in this area, you know. And Dale paid attention. I mean, I never, I don't think he ever seen me race, um, but he was real good friends with Mark Reno, mm. and so Kenny Schrader comes by our shop. Okay, me and Mark. I mean, it's down Pitsco Road. Me and Mark are working on the car, and Schrader comes walking in. He says, "Hey, what are you guys doing with this thing?" Ernie's on driving at Richmond. He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, oh, who's going to sponsor it? We said, we don't really have one. I mean, you know, you know anybody? He said, I've got somebody in mind. He said, I'm going to go down to Darlington. I think when I come back, I'm going to have you a deal. Wow. And we're like, and we're like okay. Sure so did, can't, did Kenny Schrader just show up unannounced? Like no, he was always. We were doing a lot of okay. work for him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And so he showed up and because when you, you say know. Kenny Schrader stopped by, I was like, well, that's quite the chance encounter that he just. just <laughs> but that that makes a yeah, lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like jumped. I mean, I I was on one section and one now. Now I'm kind of back over that deal. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. So then Schrader comes back, and he said, "Okay, I rode with Earnhardt on the way down to Darlington. Rode with him on the way back." Got you a deal. Wow. wow. Just like that. And, and we're like, okay, how much money? And he, and he said, well, that's some of the problem. 
he oh, said man. i'm sure it wasn't funny at the time but this is just yeah, yeah it's just yeah. so no it's funny yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny yeah so i mean trader said he's not gonna give me no money mm-hmm. you know so that's how i mean again i kind of cut part of that and then next thing i know we're talking about schrader too so um yeah that's how it all happened and Golly. and i'm pretty confident that i had that story fairly close yeah yeah wow wow chris do you want to take a quick break here yeah we'll, get a sponsor uh, read out the way and uh yeah we'll keep, keep come back rolling. for a few minutes yeah awesome welcome to petty's garage every one of our strut bars and coil covers are handmade right here in my hometown level cross north carolina now you probably know my favorite color but we still make these things in every color you can imagine you've got the power to make your car go and show exactly how you want visit pettys-garage.com to check out all the parts engines and tuning we've got to offer we've talked about uh ken schrader helping you put together the deal with dale even though it wasn't necessarily for a cash deal but you know a deal a deal it doesn't matter i mean it's a yeah, deal yeah. And, and you know what smartest thing we ever did mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. we thought it was the dumbest thing we were gonna do but but he was right when, it kind of worked out that way right when we come rolling into richmond down on our chevrolet on the side of the car and we're on an open trailer oh my yeah gosh. so we come rolling into richmond down on chevrolet on the side everybody's like down on chevrolet Huh, this guy must be something. I mean, open trailer, don't have Chevrolet inside of the car. I mean, there's, there's got to be something here. Mm-hmm. You know, so credibility. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dale, Dale was, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever met Dale. He, but he was yeah. smart. He, he knew racing. He knew the promotions of it. I mean, he just, he knew all, all of it, you know, and, um, and you know, business-wise, he was great at that. Souvenirs, he did great. I mean, every, everything he did. I mean, everything I understand. I mean, Dale was on top of his game. Yeah, gotcha. you, you still had to go out there and race the wheels off of it, though. Yeah, well, we at, at Richmond, we only we made the race, but we only lasted like thirty laps. It blew up. So that's that was my um, debut. <laughs> wow. So fast forward a few years, then you end up and you're in the uh, one of my favorite cars of all time, which is the number four Kodak car. Yeah. And uh, I always like that because I think when I was a little kid, I was a big Bobby Hamilton fan. He spent a, yep. he spent a little bit of time in that car, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so how did how did you get over to Morgan McClure? Well, what happened was is DK's deal ended. I started driving for Junie Dunleavy, which is a great guy. Mm-hmm. We drove for him for about four races, and the sponsor never gave him any money. So, Junie finally comes to me and says, hey, I don't know how many times I'm gonna be able to race because the sponsor never come through, um, but you're, you're more than welcome to try to find something. And so, about that time, Tony Glover calls me from Morgan McClure and he says, he says, well, I think we're going to get rid of Phil Parsons. We, we've seen you run. We think you can be good. Um, you, you've never drove a car like ours. Um, we'll go test in Atlanta. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is my chance. Yeah. You know, 
so Tony, Tony's just, I mean, he's just a great guy. And he, so he said, okay, well, we were down there and it was starting raining. Well, it rained and quit, rained and track was, was off and on dry and off and on wet. There was wet spots about it. And so, I mean, I'm like, man, I got to practice this car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get this ride. Um, so Tony said it was dry. It was almost dry enough and almost. So, so I, I, Tony says, okay, go out, just shake this car down. Um, we know the car is good, but we just got to make sure you shake it down and um, get used to it. I said, oh, okay, huh? no problem. So we go out there and, you know, it's like, okay, well, it seems, seems to be all right, you know. So Tony, Tony comes on the radio and says, okay, give me, give me some, you know, about three-quarter speeds, you know, and see what, see what we got. Well, I didn't know what three-quarter speed was. So <laughs> I started going as fast as I could. And now this is Tony's story. I was a couple tenths quicker than the track record. I don't think that, but it was really good. Mm -hmm. So um, it was two tenths faster than Tony's track record. Um, so ended up there like, okay, you're going to be driving this car. When first race we went in Atlanta, I think I ended up third or fifth or something like that. So, you know, DK's car, you know, I mean, Mark's car, which was, you know, we didn't have no money. We just, you know, did all that. Yeah. And then ended up DK's car, you know, there's nothing then Junie's car, they didn't have no got sponsor, never come through. Get in the four car. It's like that's a big okay, jump, right? A big jump. But you know, I ran, I ran good in Atlanta, and then I think we went to well, four, five, six races later, went to Bristol and I won. So, so it's like that was a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. It's like you work so long, you know, because yeah. like you look at the Winston Select here, and you know. A lot you just know the name and yeah. to hear the story of like how you actually got to put on that uniform and and, and the grind that it is mm -hmm. like it is like motor racing is not easy yeah. at all you got to be willing to get by on hardly nothing sacrifice take a chance drive across country you know pack up your stuff go all in stop in and vegas to double your money <laughs> yeah, most just, of the time that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's just wild to think about the that path and what you had to go through to get there. But um, and, and then, then you, you, you won then, the Daytona 500 in that car too, right? Yeah, 91. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know if you know Danny Lasowski. He's one of my buddies. He told me he says you finished under caution. You didn't really win, but that's Danny. Yeah. Hey, he, he, you cross the line first, you win. <laughs> he, he is four times Knoxville champion, he'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I said, how many times you win the 500? None. I've never raced him. <laughs> he said, how many times you win Knoxville? None. <laughs> so. Uh, in, the, in the early 90s, talking about, uh, we had, you familiar with Chris Hussey? Heard that name? He's Dale Inman's son-in-law, and uh, okay, yep. he was um, he worked with Mark Ward, Martin, Ward, Ward Burton, Burton, Adam Petty. Yep. Anyways, um, when we mentioned that we wanted to have you on the show, the first thing that he said was that your dad was the first one to develop the modern pit box, the war wagon, as he called yep. it, yep. and he sent us this picture. I don't know if you want to pass it over to him, Chris, you see it, but uh, Chris sent us that picture, 
that he had on hand. I thought that was pretty neat. Do you remember this? Yep. Yep. So is that the first one, or was there more to it? Yeah, I mean, if you really want to know the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Harry Hyde used to work for Hendrix. Mm -hmm. He was like, when Hendrix first started, Harry Hyde was the man. Well, Harry and them had felt a pit box. And so Dad's looking at it and saying, man, this thing is cool, you know. And so he, he asked Harry, he says, hey, is it all right if I kind of copy this, try to measure it and all that stuff? That's how it all first started. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I mean, and it was, you know, not this building, but it was in our garage where where he was building, the, we did the race car. So did he become kind of a go-to guy for other teams to build boxes for them? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people started buying the boxes. You know, nowadays they're like huge. They yeah. got all kinds of stuff. But... But, I mean, it's like, the, and, you know, now these have got to be short track boxes, you know, because, I mean, it used to be cup stuff, you know, but, but that was when cup stuff was a lot smaller. So, you know, they just kept building them bigger, bigger, bigger. And so dad's, dad's never really went to, like, the really big ones. Um, I mean, his was a little bit bigger than the picture. But, um, but I mean, they were, they were nice. Mm-hmm. So he was a pretty talented guy too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, dad dad was a, you know, a decent welder, you know. He dad was the brains behind it. He he figured out, you know, it's like, okay, well, sometimes you're better off copying than to figure it out. Mhm. Take what somebody else has already done and yeah, you make yeah. it better. And especially if you're not you're not intruding on them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and so you know, Harry Hyde was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's fine. You know, so it all worked out good. Yeah. Dad made a business out of bead rollers and um, and uh, pit boxes. And that's that's kind of how it all started here. <laughs> that's pretty neat. And Kevin, yeah. the, the one that's my um, brother-in-law, he's right up there. He's still working there. Um, he's, you know, now he owns it. But, um. They they actually Kevin was working there when the first pit box and and the first um, bead roller was done. Wow, that's pretty neat to hear. Yeah, yeah. So looking as you you know you're in the four car and then then you end up in the the 28. I think we're all pretty familiar with how that goes. I look at your wins and the tracks that they came at. You know, we talked Daytona, Talladega, uh, Bristol, Watkins Glen, Sonoma. Right, that's quite at Michigan later on. Like that's quite the uh, range of different types of racetracks that you were able to be successful on. Was there anything that you did or anything about you that made you more versatile than other guys? Because some guys are great on short tracks, but you don't really see their names pop up other places or super speedways or something like that. But you seem to be able to to win at all those different types of tracks. About lapping the field at the road I course. I can't tell you some of the stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's secret now. Okay. Yeah. Why was I that good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I could sell that, I I mean, I'd make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, but no, I mean, it was just, I never knew how to road race. And, you know, when, when Tony got me in the road course car, he said, you've never drove one of my cars. So I'm telling you, you're going to be fine. Well, we, we, we um, started on the outside pole, ended up getting black flagged. Went all the way to the back, and went all the way back to the front, and won the race. Wow! Now, that was my first road course race in the four car. 
Wow. And so, I mean, it was a lot easier than I thought. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, so so then then we won Watkins Glen, too. Um, so, I mean, it, it just seemed to be a lot easier than, than you know, when you were, I mean, I, I, mean, I was sending good stuff. And I, it was a lot, it was just good, easy for me. So you didn't go um, to any driving schools or anything? Because a lot of drivers nowadays, they'll go to a, a bunch of driving schools just to race, race on a road course. Yeah, you know, they... You know, I mean, a road course is just like a short track. It's just, I mean, you got different corners. Sometimes you turn the other way. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like sometimes you're right, sometimes you're left. You know, it's you don't you don't have to do it any different than you have to race in a short track. You know, except for you have to turn right, sometimes left. But it's the same thing. The car is the same as far as you know. It's like okay, well, you get loose to the right, get loose to the left. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't try to complicate it. I got you. You know, mm -hmm. I just tried to, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to do this, but I'm just going to do what comes natural. And that's how I did it. Now, it doesn't mean that, that it was the best way, but that's when it was. Hmm. That's a great perspective way to put it. Yeah. I've never heard it said like that before. Yeah. So yeah. your, your nickname, you got one of the best sounding nicknames, I think, in racing, of course. We got to talk about it. Got to talk about Swerve and Irvin, right? Was you don't have to, but yeah. Well, <laughs> so th this was well. Richard's nickname used to be Squirrel because he used to <laughs> all over yeah. the track. So it's, it's, it's a compliment. To, it's yeah. a compliment. Somehow the king came in later on, and he was able to yeah, leave yeah. Squirrel behind. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Swerving kind of stayed with me the most of the time, but it kind of got where it wasn't as much. Mm -hmm. But it, I think it sounds great. I mean, I, I think it. it's one of the yeah. best sounding nicknames. But that was. Uh, Placed upon you by competitors, right? Or just, I mean, basically one big competitor. Who was that? Sterling Marlin. Okay. <laughs> I think that's who come up with it. Gotcha. You know? So, because he he started driving a four car after I did. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, you know, he then he then he come up with a nickname for me, in Glover and Sterling. I mean, you know, Sterling's from Tennessee, so he can't really hardly talk. <laughs> <laughs> He can't hardly talk, you know. Um, so, but, I mean, great guy. And, I mean, you know, again, he's just got an accent, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, really strong Tennessee accent. You know, that's not not to make fun of anybody. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, you know, he had a different accent. I'm from California. I don't really have a whole lot of accent. Accent. Um, I've been in North Carolina 30 years or so. Don't have the, the southern stuff. So, you know. So I mean it's all right. I mean Sterling was he was a great guy. I mean I had, we had a lot of fun, you know, with Sterling. Mm -hmm. But then you had that um, kind of a I would call it more of a press conference in the drivers' meeting, where Man. where you had to stand up and you had to bring it up. <laughs> and 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 the whole thing is I didn't have to. All right, that's what I'm getting at. I, I did it. I did it voluntarily, and it was because of. Something that two people that are that are pretty talented in racing come told me, and I know you guys know these names. One of them is Richard Petty. One of them is Dale Earnhardt. So they 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 both sat me down and said, "So I'm telling you, boy, you need to straighten up." Or you're gonna be out. Hmm. So I mean, it's like 
you just you just gotta you gotta quit getting in trouble, wrecks, spin outs, anything. You gotta you gotta quit, you know. And so I mean, um, I went up and uh, asked um, Dick Beatty, which was the sports marketing guy, or no, mm-hmm. he's he was the in charge of NASCAR at the time. And um, I said, hey, Dick, can can I get up at the drivers' meeting and and say something. He goes, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think I need to apologize to all these people and let them know that I mean well, I want to do good, and I know that it's important to be you know, liked in the garage area. And he goes, no way, I've never heard anybody do that. <laughs> and so he said, well, I'll do some checking. And um, one one of the things that Richard said, and you know you know Richard, I mean he, I mean he, you know he's the king. Yeah. And um, so he said, you know, if you were going to a truck, any truck, I could go to any truck and get a get a um, bologna and cheese sandwich. Any truck. Mm-hmm. How many trucks would you go to and get a bologna and cheese sandwich? Yeah, so that's a good. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, and, and Richard, Richard's like to the point. The king's know? got a way of shortening things mm-hmm. up, yeah, to keeping it, yeah. getting the point across. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, again, I respected it. You know, it's come with Richard Betty. Yeah, you know, right. So, I mean, I, so I mean, I got up in the drivers' meeting and said, "Hey, I mean, I, I feel like I need to apologize to everybody. You know, want to want to say that I'm, I want to do better. I want to be liked in the garage area." And I, I'm going to be, you know, um, more patient yeah. with my driving. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'd appreciate it. If you, I mean, I, I think I said, I, if I, I would appreciate it if you give me a chance. Well, you know, about everybody looked, like, you know, real happy and this and that. Rusty Wallace is back there. <laughs> He was sitting. He was sitting there just like this, and shaking his foot. I saw. Yeah, we were talking about that. The camera panned over, and everybody's clapping, and Rusty's sitting there, shaking his foot. Yeah, because Rusty's like, "Yeah, right." (laughs) He wasn't buying it. He he told me later. He said, "Yeah, let's just see how that happens." Well, I don't know if I changed my way of driving or nothing. It just I didn't seem to get in as much crap. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I mean, obviously, I was was still pretty competitive. And it's competitive I was before, so um, I didn't really change nothing. But maybe it was a coincidence that things started getting better. Maybe I was doing it um, in my mind and doing it on the racetrack without trying to do it on purpose. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. That's that's kind of how it went, went. I think it takes a lot of courage to get up in front of a whole yeah. room like that and, and just, you know, essentially swallow pride if that's what you want to call it but to do that i mean that's not many people would do that mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's like this that's uh, I like it shows the character you know yeah so that's why we want to touch on that and the fact that you know richard had a hand in sparking it really doesn't surprise me because i can hear him but did, saying things like that you know did you know richard and, did it no, no i did not i, I had no yeah. idea yeah, yeah. So, yeah. sorry for bringing that up but no, you know no, we no, wanted I mean, to I like it because yeah. i mean i don't know if richard remembers it you know, I mean, I don't know. 
Yep. We'll have to have to ask him and play this clip for him and see see if he knows. At least you know he he'll, he'll just say, "Oh yeah, I remember that." He's like, "Huh? I guess I did." You know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know if we've ever seen anybody, you know, take charge of a situation like that and take take the word of a Richard Petty and a Dale Earnhardt and say, okay, you know, I I need yeah. to I need to do this. And, and I feel like that's something like I never knew you personally, and it's an honor of mine to 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 finally meet you. But to do that, right? So that's very public. Everybody knows that you got up and apologized. And then a lot of people don't remember that after your first win the 28 you had a davy allison t-shirt under your race suit and you yeah. wore that shirt for what was it six races before yeah i mean just to to honor him like that and, you, and in the in victory lane you sounded emotional yeah. about it and that's i think that people people hear swerve and Irvin and they think it's a negative but it's like yes you were a competitive race car driver but you also have really good character as well yeah and i i just don't think a lot of people people may know mm-hmm. that but Anyway. Yeah, we wanted to bring that to light. I appreciate yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, one we talked a little bit before we started recording, but you know, we fast forward, and I think most people are familiar with your accident in Michigan and and what happened after that. But did uh, I have an accident in Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like he won at Michigan. <laughs> well, that, that too. Oh, I, th- I, thought, I thought I'd won it. My last win was at Michigan. <laughs> um, but we we talked with Jerry on his episode about, Chris, your personal connection with uh, um, your eye surgeries and, and yep. uh, Ernie having procedures done at the same place. Uh, you want to remind the folks at home how yeah. that all that went down, and you brought the yeah. picture today. That's yeah, yeah. Spark, Spark notes this, and since you know, I'll let Bradley throw this up there. This is a much younger Ernie. Hey, hey, hey! Come on, no. Oh, so Ernie, when I when I was a kid, for everybody, anybody that's made this far and is still listening, uh, when I was a kid, I had four right eye surgeries, and I had to wear an eye patch, and I did not want to wear my eye patch, and. Uh, I don't know if my aunt, who was a nurse, got a hold of somebody. I don't know what happened, but I got this picture in the mail, and it says, To Christopher, keep wearing that eye patch, signed by Ernie Irvin. And when I got that in the mail, I don't remember much from being a kid that young, but I put my eye patch on, and I don't think I took it off until the doctor told me, like, it's okay to take it off. And for drivers that may be listening, you know, you might not, and Richard is known for doing autographs all the time. Um, but for drivers that are listening, that little thing right there can mean the world to somebody. And that picture's got scratches on it because my mom told me not to sleep with the picture, and I did. And <laughs> the, the glass broke and all that. But any, anywho, yeah. I, you know, th- th- thank you yeah. for, for that. But anywho. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Well, we can move on from there. But, you know. The I, fact that you are able to find the picture, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and you, you've had, you still have it, and we yeah. can bring it in and show Ernie that I just – yeah, couldn't let it let this episode go by without touching on it. So, yeah. Yeah. and the fact that you know the injuries you sustained are just you know most people don't come back from it. And then there's a video, a movie I found on YouTube, and the fact that when you came back, I mean, it's almost like you didn't miss a beat. I mean, I took my knee off with a chainsaw last week. I burnt the palm of my hand, and I know I've already done things different. You know from from then to now in a, in a week span of how i'm going to change all different so i don't take my knee off again yeah, yeah. and it's like you know you they even said in the movie i was watching you know, you would do your 10 laps and then you would just send it into one and two just to, that little bit of extra bite to see what you could get out of the car and you know that's what led to your injury yeah and then how when you came back you still did it <laughs> you know just trying to get that last little bit out i mean it's yeah. i mean 
I, sometimes I wasn't very smart, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I'm proud of everything I had done. You know, some things I'm probably not very happy about, but it's just it's life. I mean, you you gotta be able to. You you just you just never know what's gonna tomorrow's gonna bring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when obviously when I signed that picture and and for you, um, I didn't know that was gonna bring. You know, so so again, you know, I I mean, there there was a lot of things that my recovery did for a lot of people because a lot of people, you know, I mean, was down and out and they had problems and they, they didn't think they were ever going to come back. Well, um, the doctor told me that, and, and I, I can speak very well now that I couldn't before. The doctor told me, he said, you know, my wife was sitting there and the doctor said, he said, well, you know, he said, what do you want to do in this recovery? You know, what do you, what do you want, what are you, your goals? So I want to get back to racing, which I'm talking clear now, but mm -hmm. I said, I want to get back to racing. And that doctor, you know, he kind of looked and he's like, well, let me explain something to you. If you can ever drive your little girl to school, that's going to be a successful recovery. Mm. And my wife got that doctor out in the, out of the room read him the right act said if if you tell him that he's going to give up he i mean because racing's his whole life and if you tell him to give up and give up basically you're telling him to give up then he's gonna give up but right now he expects to get back get better he said and she even said she goes yeah we know that it's probably Slim to none to even think about it, mm -hmm. but he's got to have hope, right? And so I had hope, and things kept going better. I mean, I started really working out, trying to trying to do better for myself. Um, I couldn't make anything heal better, mm -hmm. any faster. Um, you know, it was brain injury, basal skull fracture. So you know, I couldn't really do nothing with that. And um, so, but Mark Martin told me he says. You know, your physical fitness is going to what help you get ready. Get ready to race. Says, you know, you, can, you can't control all the other stuff. You can control your physical fitness. And so I started working out and, you know, trying to get my physical fitness better. You know, which, I mean, I had trouble walking upstairs when I first started, you know. I mean, when I first was in the, in the recovery, well, actually, in the rehab, that was about 30 days after my wreck. And I went to Charlotte for the rehab. And, I mean, I could barely walk up two stairs, two steps. And mm, so, wow. you know, I didn't even know how to put the left foot in front of the right foot. You know, it was just, I mean, it was just, I mean, I, it was just so complicated. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And, you know, nowadays it's like, you know, it's kind of second nature. Right. But you just, I mean, you just don't know how bad it could be and how far you can come back. Yeah. And so, uh -huh. I mean, I I just kind of kept faith, kept hope, and kept doing everything I could do to make things better for myself. That's pretty amazing. That's that's awesome. Wow. I don't know how we're going to top that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple quick things, and then we'll, then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, I know we've taken up a ton of your time, but this has been amazing. Uh, first off, 
So we talked about the Kodak car and obviously the 28 car, and you drove the Skittles 36 car. So you had some prime 90s paint schemes. And I'm, yep. you know, I'm a paint scheme guy. It's part of my job is to design the ones we have now. Uh, did you have a favorite? Was there one that you thought, man, that looked good? Well, I mean, my son's car is a 28 car, and, and it's kind of got the same numbers on it as far as, you know, what – are the 28 car was when I drove it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's kind of our, my favorite, you know, I keep wanting to do a Kodak one, you know, I mean, I, I mean, change the number four, it don't matter, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm in short track race and we can do whatever. I mean, I keep wanting to do that, but it'd take a whole wrap and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, one of these days we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You'll just change up, you know, things. But we've won the last two races, so we don't yep. want to change it up right, right. now. We're going to ask how, how that's going. Yeah, yeah so, so your son's racing, right? And yep. uh, how, how's that going? How involved are you there? And Well, I'm, I'm involved as much as he'll let me be involved. Okay. Because <laughs> um, he is 22 or 23 years old, and I can't tell him nothing. <laughs> He's a typical um, 22, 23-year-old. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's... You know, I mean, I'm, I'm involved in all I can, but, I mean, basically, I'm the truck driver. If I need to be, I am the, the go get tires, pay for them, um, <laughs> go, get, go get drinks, go get ice, go get all this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here looking at the car. Well, so, so, yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, again, you, you, you all try to do everything you can to, to make it, and, and um my son Jared, I mean, he's turned into a really, really good race car driver. The opportunities are probably never going to happen, um, but I mean, I I really think that he's a better race car driver, smarter race car driver than I ever was. Wow. Um, but you have to have the opportunity. I mean, you have to have a a Dale Earnhardt back you say get your credibility. Then you have to have somebody like. Like Mark Reno, that was the car owner, to take a chance mm -hmm. and, and make all that work. And you know, right now, I mean, in the in the Cup deal, I mean, there's no way that people are going to say, "Hey, we're going to give that guy a chance." You know, um, I mean, obviously, it brings up a lot of attention because he's Ernie Irvin's son, but that hadn't led to a, you know a whole lot. So. It's just, just part of life, and, you know, hopefully something will ever happen. We don't know. Um, but if he keeps winning, you know. Yeah. So if we do that, then things are going to keep coming, but who knows what it's going to be. Gotcha. Well, we obviously wish him the best of luck, and yeah. we're going to keep up with that. And thanks again for your time today. This has been yeah, thank you. so great, and uh, we really enjoyed it, and hope you have as well. And uh, yeah. Yeah. hopefully we'll get to catch up with you again sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be good. Thank you. Right, and what, thank you. what about Stewie? <laughs> thank you Stewie. too, Stewie. Talk, yeah. Stewie. Talk. Talk, Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. The Ernie Irvin episode, episode 17 of the Richard Petty Motorsports podcast presented by Petty's Garage. Told you it was a good one. Hope yeah. you guys really enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard it in my voice, but uh, I was pretty jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, man, Ernie was just, uh, just a blast. I mean, really funny guy. Had no problem just telling stories in great detail and uh, 
I learned a lot. It was really fun. Yeah, that so, was awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. If you want to watch us, if you just want to listen to us, you can go to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast. Just search the Richard Petty Motorsports Podcast. That's yep. right. We make it really simple, I think. I think it was. I mean, we could have come up with some crazy name that was hard to remember. It's like, no, it's the Richard Petty Motorsports Podcast. Yep. Straight into the point. So, um, like I said, we've seen the views and the listenership starting to go up. We've seen all your comments saying that you enjoy it and that you, you know, want to see certain guests. So keep those coming because we've got a list. We're trying to get everybody scheduled, you know, down the road here. But we've got a list of people we want to have on. And if there's somebody that we're not thinking of, fan comments are a big help there. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is always big. But thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks to Petty's Garage for presenting another episode. And, uh, hey, that's where we're sitting right now. We're actually talk about that real quick um we're recording this at a different time than we did the ernie interview but yeah. this would be the first one that we've done sitting actually inside the garage area one of the buildings here uh in level cross the conference room right. yeah and we were going to do the intro outro at ernie's place but they were closing up shop it was getting a little late and we did not want to keep those guys later than they had already been there all day so we yeah. were like hey we're just going to wrap up and do it later oh one thing i wanted to mention too so we recorded that episode at Irvin smith and hold on I got the business card here because <laughs> I wanted to make sure they were very, you know, hosp- we were last minute. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And they were super hospitable, shows around, very friendly. So. Brought out the old photo albums and talked about, and we actually got to see Ernie's hair, like in, in very nice quality, his hair, yeah. his, his hair from the early days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Thanks again to Irvin Smith Inc. Racing and Metal Fabrication and Equipment down there in uh, Concord for lending us the space and being so kind to us yep. showing us around so thank you so much uh with that i think it's time to close it out see you next time see you.